Hi, you're listening to the Raise the Vibe with Liz podcast. I'm your host, Liz Peterson. I interview today's inspirational speakers and healers. Thank you for listening to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Raise the Vibe with Liz. I'm your host, Liz Peterson, and today I have the stream of David. David Strickle is joining us today. So let me go ahead and read his bio for you. From early childhood, David received what he refers to as guidance from source. During his teenage years, he developed a deep understanding of universal laws and has used these teachings to overcome enormous obstacles. He developed an ability to share this guidance for the benefit of others and has created a simple set of tools that profoundly transformed every aspect of his life, delivering a life of joy, clarity, and abundance. These tools have become the Taya practice. Through his best-selling book, radio show, podcasts, and online training programs, he has helped transform the lives of those seeking a new way all around the globe. Hi, David. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Liz. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So why don't you start by sharing with our audience what, for those who don't know, what is channeling? Certainly. Channeling is communicating your own natural connection to source. And people define source uh, in many, many different ways. But there is what I call the core of source consciousness. And I do believe that we all have access to that. And my definition of channeling is my ability to tap into my version of that and speak it and write it for the benefit of others. And it's something that I've had coming to me my entire life. I used to call it my knowing when I was a little kid. I didn't know what it was. I thought everybody had it. And then I got into my teen years and realized, okay, I'm weird. Not everybody is connected to this the way that I am. And I got comfortable with my weirdness pretty quick, but I did keep it hidden for a very long time. Uh, Actually, until really my late 40s, I kept it to myself. But I utilized these teachings in my life in such a way that they were highly transformative for me. And then I went on to use them in the business world to help people transform their professional lives but I got to a point where I realized that I needed to share all of it. I couldn't just keep you know, parts of it uh, to myself and not share the entire message that I was getting and all the tools that I had created from these teachings. So I taught myself to speak it. Uh, these thoughts would just drop into my mind uh, that were very clear and very deep and very detailed sometimes. But I had to teach myself to write it, which was pretty easy in getting into um, a meditation and then automatic writing came to me very easily. But the speaking of it is something that I taught myself over a period of years. And so now I can communicate source consciousness conversationally. And that's what I spend most of my time doing. That's awesome. So when did it go from just knowing to the stream and what is the stream? The stream is a name that I want to say that I gave them the name, the stream, and and they really aren't a they or them, but just to communicate to other people. That's how I refer to this consciousness. Uh, It's not a group of people. It's not a group of dead people. Uh, They they are source. They have not been human, though they flow through all humanity, all creation, and they're not male. So very often we see uh, channels assigning male names to their channeled entities And I think that's fine. And and most of them are very clear that this is a name that was just given. But for me, I thought, well, gosh, you're source. You're not human. You're not gendered. You're a stream of consciousness. 
And so that's where the stream came from. And then when I decided to start my podcast, I called my podcast, the stream of David. And so the channeled entity, if you will, is now just widely known as the stream of David. Nice. So how do you differentiate between your consciousness and the stream's consciousness? When I, when I go into channeling, there is something that this consciousness can just drop into my mind. That's how it, um, behaved, if you will, for quite a long time. But in learning to channel, that's when I learned to sit and meditate, raise my vibration, and allow this, this knowing to flow to me, this stream of consciousness just to flow in. And I know when I'm there by feeling. I feel it. And when I start speaking, they, <laughs> they take over. And I'm not, it's, it's really interesting because I'm not being possessed. I am present while they are, are streaming, but I'm sort of in the background and I'm hearing my, my mouth speak things that are enlightening and interesting and way beyond my intellect to me. And the interesting thing is, is that when I finish channeling very often, I have very little recollection of what was offered. I almost always have to go back and listen to the recording to see what was offered. And I sort of come back in this sort of, you'll see after I'm through channeling for you today, I sort of come back in this dazed and confused state, not knowing exactly what took place. I hear a real stepping aside of your consciousness to allow the streaming. And I like um, how you phrase it, the streaming, because it really gives a good visual for what's happening. Yeah, that, that is essentially what is happening. You're, you're not, you're hearing from consciousness uh, that is beyond mine. And I have taught myself, like I said, over a period of time to allow it. And now when I talk to other people who channel, they understand what I'm saying. But five, 10 years ago, I would have not even imagined being able to sort of step aside and have another consciousness come through and, and me be able to speak it the way that I do. But it does work. It's, it's amazing how it works. And the, the path to being able to do this was nothing less than miraculous for me. But now that I do it, I love it. I love what is offered. Uh, I love that we have created a set of teachings and a practice on, based on these set of teachings so that people can be inspired by the teachings, but then implement what is being offered in their lives. To me, that's, that's, that's a real benefit of the Taya practice is you're taking this eternal wisdom which is it when you hear things of that nature, and there are plenty of uh, you know sharings of that <laughs> throughout history, but taking that and applying it in your life and seeing real results and actually proving it for yourself. I think everyone is naturally a little bit skeptical, but when you take the teachings and you you take the Taya practice and you start applying some of these tools in your life, you see results. And that's the magic to me is that you, you can actually, demonstrate it on yourself and see that it actually works. And that hopefully will inspire you to keep using the tools. Awesome. Let's dive into the tire practice. What is it and what are the benefits? Well, Taya stands for trust your abundance. And it's something that was uh, something that I taught myself. I actually developed this practice for me before I was ever channeling publicly or sharing the stream publicly in any way. And it was highly transformative in my life because I understood law of attraction way back. I, I remember thinking even prior to age six, 
that I could have or do or be anything that I wanted to, and that the, the limiting beliefs that I was being offered by my parents were inaccurate. And I knew that as a very young child, my first recollection of that was prior to age six. But by age 14, I remember telling my older brother, Doug, in great detail, and I didn't call it the law of attraction. I had no idea what it was called, but I remember telling him that I invented this thing and it was really cool <laughs> that if I believed that something was that that's whatever that circumstance or, or um, manifestation was, I didn't call it that at that time either. It would just be, it, it would happen. And I thought I was magic. And I thought it was something that maybe was unique to me. And I was trying to tell my brother about it because we were living in this, you know, impoverished uh, situation with our, our mother, who was a minimum wage worker. And, and we lived in a, a roach infested two bedroom apartment. Uh, and we were surrounded by extended family that all had money. And that was difficult for us because we would see our cousins and even our half sister living in abundance. And we were not. And I remember as a teenager telling him that all we have to do is believe that we are that and we will be that. And he thought I was crazy. But by the time I was in high school, I was a wealthy kid. I didn't have a trust fund or anything like that, but I was driving a brand new car. I was wearing nice clothes. I was running around with the rich kids. And my version of happiness at that point in my life was money and material things. And so I went into adulthood with that mindset and I spent the next 20 years from age you know, 19 to late 30s, early 40s, really focusing on money and material things for happiness. And I manifested a lot of it. And then I got to age 40, 41 and realized, well, gosh, I have all this stuff that I'm supposed to have to be happy and I'm still not happy. What's going on here? I had the big house and the German cars and the you know Gucci loafers and the good wine and the nice furniture and all that stuff. All the stuff you know, from a poor kid perspective that you need to be happy I still wasn't really happy. I didn't really love myself. I had a lot of other things in my life that I ignored with this knowledge and really just focused on material things. And that was around the time the book, uh, The Secret was published, which sort of blew up the idea of law of attraction for the world. And I, I loved it. I knew that it was truth, but I then started becoming more of a student of the law of attraction because there were elements of it that I hadn't fully comprehended just from this knowing. And I hit a wall with some things. There were some things that I wanted to manifest that wasn't working. And so that's, I, I simultaneously started creating tools for myself while allowing a, a more robust flow, if you will. I really went into, I started meditating. I had a Kundalini awakening uh, in 2010, where this uh, massive energy eruption happened at the base of my spine. And to this day, I'm sort of electrified with it. And that's been quite some time now, 11 years ago. And in that awakening, that energy awakening, the flow of information became much more pronounced. I came to understand what I was receiving in all of that. And that was a very transformative period of my life. And that's when I created this set of tools to raise my vibration to raise my default vibration, which is, is the actual, the, the key to changing your life in, in a lasting positive way, because we sort of, you know, we'll do things and we sort of take off and we get some progress going in a business or, a, you know, a health regime or a relationship. And it seems like we're going in the right direction. And then suddenly we sort of get pulled back and default back to our old way of being, or we find ourselves in this repeating patterns of certain unwanted aspects. And I realized that, that there was an energetic reason for that. And the tools that I created in the Taya practice were all about 
trusting the universal process of creation ultimately. So in my teachings now, I talk very little actually about the law of attraction. I view the law of attraction like gravity. It just is, it's happening all the time, but we often don't really understand it because we're attracting this mix of things into our lives, positive and negative. And getting really deep into the stream's teachings, I came to understand the value of the negative, why our vibration is always in flux, why polarity uh, it's a term that we came up with because polarity is universal forces. You know, before we went on, you mentioned Mercury retrograde. Obviously, there is polarity in the universe that causes shifts in energy, shifts in vibration. And we're all subject to that. We feel it. This is why we have this, this range of emotions. And some days we wake up and we feel positive and on top of the world. And other days we just feel hopeless and everything in between that. We, we all experience that. We call that polarity and polarity is a combination of those universal force, forces, <clears throat> excuse me, and our own focused thought. So the way we respond to our lifetime up until our present moment, all of those thoughts create this, this vibration that sort of even supersedes polarity. So you have some people that really focus on mercury retrograde, for example, and they will manifest experiences to confirm that belief. Whereas other people can completely ignore it and not necessarily have the same set of experiences. So there's value in knowing these things, certainly. And a lot of people hold great value in astrology and things like that. But also your focused thought, your belief system, the things that have happened in your life, your trauma, all of that, all of that combines to create your unique life experience. So what Taya does is gives you a set of tools to first and foremost, really reimagine your past, not in such a way where it didn't happen, but in such a way that you find a path to appreciation. We call it forgiveness, but really it's way beyond forgiveness. It's beyond the vibration of forgiveness. It's the vibration of deep understanding of your transgressor energy. And when you get to a, a place of deep understanding, you can detune that energy because it's always present. We all know that all of that negative stuff that's happened in our lives is always sort of down there lurking around waiting for us. And polarity sort of takes us on this roller coaster ride. And when polarity takes our vibration down a bit and we're separated from our source consciousness, which we experience in high vibration, that lower vibrational stuff is there. Or we experience something that reminds us of that and it triggers us down. It drops our vibration. We get angry. We get upset. That hurt is reimagined. So what we do in the Taya practice is we detune that negative, that transgressor energy, the shadow work. A lot of people refer to it as that. It's the same thing. So that's a major component of the Taya practice. Another is establishing a more regular connection to source, which is really our natural state of being. But part of it can be meditation. Uh, but a lot of people claim they can't meditate or really struggle with learning to really meditate in the traditional sense. So in Taya, we guide you to find your path to your source connection. We call it finding your meditation. For some people, meditation is sitting quietly in a posture and breathing and they feel it and it's amazing. For other people, meditation is just that momentary connection with source through appreciation of all that is or anything that is. So that reestablishing that regular connection to source, because when you're connected to source, that is your source of all new thought, all new creation. 
you are trusting, you are believing, your intuition is flowing, you're at your very best when you're source connected. So we seek to be source connected, not all the time, because that's not going to happen, but much of the time. It's a more source connected natural state. The third component of Taya or pillar, pillar of Taya is understanding polarity, understanding that uh, vibrational spiral that we're all on, this, this, you know, this flow through high and low vibration and, and what that looks like in our lives and where we are vibrationally. A lot of times we spend time in what I call get it done mode. You know, we're getting life done. And when we're in get it done mode, are we up source connected and trusting and appreciating and loving every moment of it? Or are we truly in get it done mode and we're not? And there's a difference between those two vibrations. And obviously there's great benefit in doing everything that we do in that source connected space. So it's, it's about connecting uh, to that energy as much as possible. And then the fourth pillar is intention, being very intentional with what we want. But I've gone through a period where I was very, very specific and intentional about specific things. And I've moved through that now to where I am and I'm guiding other people uh, in, in my programs to really just focus on what you want to feel and experience and let the universe provide the path to that. And it's so much better than what we can come up with on our own when your intention is just to be joyful and abundant and healthy and happy and, and, and in that high vibrational space where you have so much to offer the rest of the world. So very long answer to your question, but that's really what Taya is, is, is those four components practiced as a way of life raise your vibration and deliver joy, certainly, and deliver a, a lot of clarity and deliver abundance. Ultimately, whatever your version of abundance is, it just flows a lot easier in that higher vibrational state. That's awesome. What a great description. Thank you for walking us through that in the pillars. So let's go back to aligning our mindset to this consciousness. Can you walk us through... Um, for someone who may not be in alignment with that abundance mindset, what we can do to align ourselves to that. Certainly. The clearest path to alignment is understanding that there are certain aspects that we absorb in our lifetime that need to be reimagined. Sometimes we'll joke and say it needs to be unlearned. Uh, a lot of the fear-based teachings that, that we absorb in our environment uh, fear is a very active vibration for all of humanity. We are sort of moving uh, out of that period and more pe people are moving into uh, more trust and more freedom, certainly. And that's creating this mass awakening that we're seeing on our planet. But that's also creating a lot of the backlash we see of that. You know, some of the scary stuff that we see out there are people who are moving in a faster energy stream, if you will, and it terrifies them. And then they act out in, in really polarized ways. Whereas when your vibration is higher, you're not operating in fear and you're not operating in judgment. And so the clearest way to move to that is to detune fear and judgment from your life on a systematic basis. And it's not easy. I call it work. We, we call Taya work. In fact, my training program is called Taya Bootcamp. And that's not just a cutesy phrase. You're going to get in there and you're going to work your ass off. That's why we call it boot camp, because it is, it is work to sort of change this belief system. If you've got a belief system going on that isn't serving you, it takes some effort to change it. Now, the, the cool thing is, is that when you start doing the work, you start seeing the evidence real fast. And that uh, will inspire you to do more of it. 
and it will become less like work and more enjoyable as you go through the process of detuning fear and judgment. That's the biggest things that we can do, anybody can do, is start to, to detune fear and judgment. And the best way to do that is to create what I call a stopgap. And a stopgap is where you teach yourself to stop yourself before you slide down that vibrational slide down into lower vibrational territory of fear and judgment. So for example, when something triggers me, I will stop and ask myself, is this worth me going down my spiral over? We talk about the vibrational spiral and you know, you, up the spiral is source connection, down the spiral is disconnected from that where all of the negative emotion resides. So I'll stop and ask myself that question habitually now, is this worth going down my spiral over? My answer is always no, always no. And I've had some, some significant things happen. Uh, my uncle committed suicide the week of Christmas this the past December. Um, I called to tell my father that his brother had done this, found out my father was really in bad shape uh, and they didn't know if he was gonna make it to Christmas. You know, that could have been a down the spiral time but in the Taya practice, that didn't trigger me at all because I'm able to be in full appreciation of everyone's experience. What did trigger me, however, uh, was I'm here in the United States and on uh, January 6th, when the uh, U.S. Capitol was, was invaded, essentially, that triggered me. And I, I really had this negative reaction to that when I saw it. And I was kind of surprised that I did. And I did the stopgap. I stopped and said, wait a minute, is this worth going down my spiral over? set my phone down and got off the news and went out into my living room and sat and did a meditation, got my source connection going, you know, appreciation of all that is, and then really got clear on the fact that, okay, we have a group of people who are operating in their bubble of reality, acting out in their way. And then we have another group of people who are really upset by that and they're operating in their bubble of reality. And there's nothing really right or wrong about any of it from a source perspective. So being able to connect to that high perspective of source of non-judgment, we are taught a lot of fear. And in, in, in all that teaching of fear, we are taught so much judgment because we are here to discern our preferences. Certainly we're not here to just love everything. Uh, we, you know, as far as wanting to include it in our lives, but the judgment, the idea of judgment is all about, I need other people to behave the way that pleases me, but I don't. Why is that? Why would I need that? If I love myself and I'm at one with source, why do I need other people to behave in certain ways or vote certain ways or, or anything of that nature to be in alignment with what I want? If I'm trusting my abundance, TYA, <laughs> Taya, um, I, I'm not worried about stuff like that. I'm not fearful about it. It's not triggering to me anymore. So that was a really interesting exercise within just a few weeks of those things happening that something so personal didn't trigger me, but something external regarding really a political situation, and I'm not even into politics, that triggered me. And so then I went into, well, what was the trigger? What was the root of that trigger? Well, the root of the trigger was that I somehow had this vibration of still needing justice, needing people to be respectful of one another. But again, that's an egocentric need that I need other people to be respectful of one another. So in the Taya practice, we go in to whatever the trigger is, figure out what the root of that is and detune it through a process of appreciation. And then when you detune these things, they are not triggers for you anymore. They still exist. You know, the negative aspects of my childhood still exist, 
but now I view them in full appreciation. I, I, I view my upbringing and my parents and my financial situation and my learning disability, all that stuff. And like, wow, all of those things created this unique being that I am. I would not be here doing this if I hadn't experienced all of that. So, but I, I got on the path of doing this by first finding the appreciation. I didn't wait until I was successful doing what I'm doing and then find appreciation for it. I put the appreciation first. We have to put the cart before the horse. I don't know if that's still a saying. I'm 53, so it's one of those things. <laughs> but we do, you know, vibrationally, we have to put the cart before the horse. We have to feel loved first to really receive love. We have to feel worthy to be worthy. We have to feel healthy first, even when our body is telling us otherwise to attract health. And, and we see evidence of that. When people can trust and hold themselves in the, these spaces, their lives transform. But developing the ability to trust is the challenge for most. So that's what the Taya practice is all about. Gosh, that was a great example of polarity and walking through our eliminating belief systems, our judgments, and really stepping back and getting a worldview, so to speak, of a situation that's happening, you know, bringing awareness to your triggers, bring awareness, you know, to what's happening in the world and that polarity that exists in the world. That was a great example. Thank you. Do you have another example about um, how polarity affects um, vibration or energy of creation? Certainly. The, the, the polarity is something that is necessary for creation. I love that you use the term creation because, again, we don't talk much about law of attraction. We talk about the universal process of creation and law of attraction is a component of that. Law of attraction is simply that whatever vibration you, you are putting out, you are receiving back, right? And that's true. But polarity is the thing that creates this vibrational flow where we're never in the same vibrational space, no matter what. As, as, as physical beings, we, we are going to drop down into lower vibration sometime. And coming to understand that polarity is a gift and that low vibration has value is very uh, life-changing because there's a lot of people that are teaching about law of attraction that are sort of giving the idea that you can never be in low vibration. You've got to be up in high vibration and, and connected to source all the time. But when you're in that, that zone, you're not experiencing anything that inspires true creation, true new creation. And we are here as creators. We are here to create our expansion and contribute to the expansion of the entire universe by creating new things. Whether they're physical human creations or new thoughts are just expanding our planet in some way. So we, we create a situation in low vibration that is a challenge. And then we allow polarity to take our vibration back up. And when we're up in high vibration, source connected, where we can craft a new thought and a new idea, we come up with the solution for the problem. And in coming up with the solution for the problem that we created, we grow as human beings, but we expand as consciousness beings which is how the universe was created. And I'm jumping way ahead into teachings, but definitely that's how the universe was created. That's why the environment of earth was created. That's why humanity was created. And that's why we as intelligent beings are coming and experiencing the range of positive and negative. And at our best, we're allowing that negative to be the launch pad of our next new creation. And it always serves that purpose. And if we start viewing it as that, then suddenly we're not fearing our obstacles as much. We're not dreading them. 
and we're not fearing that down the spiral time. And when we're not focused on that, we're not experiencing nearly as much of it. And that's the lovely thing is when you, you, you fi find yourself in a lower vibrational field, you, you're a little sluggish, your energy is lower, uh, you're not as hopeful, uh, teaching yourself that that space is okay and that any obstacles that you manifest from there are actually serving your expansion. And all you need to do is find appreciation for them. And then that appreciation actually raises your vibration. Appreciation always raises our vibration. So when you find appreciation for your obstacle, it raises the vibration. And in your higher vibrational state, you don't even have to look for the solution. The solution just happens when your vibe goes back up. So the, the stream is talking a lot lately about the three points of creation. That's why the number three is so powerful because you have an idea that, that springs forth in high vibration. You have a disruption of whatever that creation is when your vibration drops, and then you go back up to high vibration and solve the disruption. And ultimately the disruption allows you to create an even better version of it. It's just like when you're, you're starting a business and you're going to have these you know, twists and turns and if you overcome your twists and turns, you, you find success. But if you let the twists and turns shut you down and quit and give up, then you're never going to find success. But that's an example of the universal process of creation. Apply that to romantic relationships. You meet somebody, you're excited, there's an attraction, it's great in the beginning, and then a little time goes by and the vibration drops a little bit, the flaws show up, you start focusing on the negative aspects rather than the positive, and then the, the rifts occur and, and the differences occur. Uh, and from that space, you can throw in the towel and, and give up, or you can go back up into higher vibration and find renewed appreciation for this relationship, for this person, and actually create a stronger bond because you had the, the, the lower vibrational experience. And this goes on and on and on and on into infinity. And that is the process of creation. And then that's why we're not in the static environment where everything is just perfect all the time. And it's not going to be that. The stream is very clear that a physical environment is going to be an imperfect environment by design. And as soon as we find utopia, that will be the end of it because we don't need it anymore. We're in that state eternally. God, I love that description. I'm really a firm believer in that our difficulties really help us move forward. For Absolutely. Sure. But look how we're taught to fear them. You know, we're, we're taught yeah. that life is supposed to be this, this magical, perfect thing. I call that the Instagram version of life. <laughs> and it's not for anyone. No. And I know people that have Instagram pages that are beautiful. Everything is beautiful in their lives. And I know them and I know that they're not showing the other 50% or 40% of what's going on. And I don't blame them. I don't do that either. But that's interesting that, you know, we, we have this ideal life that we're all striving for. And I think that's fine. Just like I think it's fine to want to clean up the environment. But viewing the earth as damaged and broken and awful and evil and all that stuff isn't cleaning anything up. You know, having a, a cleaner, healthier environment is a good thing. We strive for that. And the creation of the disruption of our, our planetary environment actually is causing us to do better, to create new and expand in the process of going back to some, some cleaner ways. Well said. Yeah. And um, for our listeners, how do we embrace life's challenges right now, overcome them and find a place of joy? through that process that you were describing. Yeah, it, it really does come down to appreciation of whatever is manifesting in your moment and understanding that we hold on to this idea that 
that life is supposed to just be this magical, perfect thing, yet it never is. For me, I moved to Palm Springs from San Francisco uh, just a couple of years ago. And Palm Springs, uh, California is, is a resort town. There are, it's very social. There's a lot of people around my age here. Uh, it's the most social I've ever been as an adult. I had this amazing social life all of a sudden from nowhere, you know, getting invited to something and meeting all these new people. And it was so much fun. And then all of a sudden COVID came along and it all ground to a halt. And so many people are still complaining about that this many months later. And instead of complaining about it, I used my practice to simply enjoy the flow that I was in. And the flow that I'm in now is being much more homebound and not socializing the way that I was and focusing on other things. I finished my book after two and a half years, I finished my second book. So there's, there's always something positive to be found in any situation but dipping down into that, oh my gosh, life is terrible. Life is awful. It's so bad. Uh, you know, somebody is sick and somebody is dying and somebody's broke. That's always going to be. And if your focus is there, you are going to, to bring that vibration into your reality. But when you can zoom out to that source perspective of non-judgment and non-fear, that's the key is the non-judgment. Because if I'm not judging the experience of another and simply appreciating their experience and appreciating mine, then what's going on with other people isn't triggering. You know, my, my uncle committing suicide was not a, a really sad thing for me. It was his choice. It was his path to exit. It was his experience. And I was very at peace with it. But there would have been a time in my life where that would have been really upsetting. And what's going on in my, with my father's health would be really, really upsetting. But having that high perspective of no fear, no judgment, we are all here having an experience. We're all eternal beings. That's where I find most of my comfort, understanding our eternal nature. And we're all aware of it. And somebody you know, asked not too long ago, well, what if that's not true? What if that turns out not to be true? Well, even if that's not true, I am giving myself a much better life experience in that belief while I'm here. But I know it's true because I feel it. But even if somebody doesn't, having that little bit of faith to believe in something beyond us, which to me, that's just an intelligent way of looking at life. That's something designed and created us. There, there is a creative power. And that's what the stream is. There is a creative force. It's not just nature. You know, we can't just stop and say it's just nature because it hasn't been scientifically proven yet. There is creative intelligence. We are part of that creative intelligence. So understanding that we are part of that and that this lifetime that we're experiencing is just a temporary experience, it takes the pressure off. Whatever our experience is, is our experience. There's no right or wrong way to live life. There's no right or wrong amount of years. But we're taught that we're supposed to think that way. We're taught we're supposed to be young forever. Cosmetic and beauty industry and the youthful uh, energy, you know, that's huge, right? We're supposed to be young forever. We're never supposed to die, but yet we're all going to. So why be fearful about something that you know is going to be part of your experience? And if you take the pressure off of all that and focus on your now, just loving all that is and enjoying your now and not seeing the world as damaged or broken or, or needing fixing, lots and lots and lots of people you know, throughout my lifetime have, have identified that the world is broken and damaged and terrible and needs fixing, yet the fixing never happens. 
It's always imperfect. And you can choose to focus on positive things, the beauty of the world, which there's far more of that, in my opinion, than the challenges of the world. But if you turn on the news and you're glued to that, you're going to think the world is a horrible place because that's, that's, that's what boosts ratings. You know, that's why they're drawing you in. That fear mechanism is very, very well developed. And it's very easy to tap into that fear mechanism. I agree. So speaking of that creation, should we go ahead and um, have you channel a little bit, the stream? Sure, sure. They're as long-winded as I am, by the way, just a fair warning. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to hearing. So what we do now is I do a, a little brief meditation. I quiet my mind for just a moment. I set an intention for the stream to flow and to provide whatever experience is, is the vibe of the moment. If people are listening in the future, and that's probably what's going to happen with the podcast, you can do that. You can meditate and bring through the message from the stream that you want, even if you're listening to this well into the future. Great. Great. I'm going to mute myself while you do your process. <clears throat> We are here. We are here to connect with all of you on a level that is available to you at all times, whether you are experiencing us via David sharing or in others or not. We are always with you. We are part of you. We are that spark of energy that you feel when you are standing in appreciation. We are your intuition. We are your hopefulness. We are the thing that inspires you. We are at times at one with your ego and at other times your ego separates you from us. And we are here to share with you that there is value in all of that. There is value in the connection. There is expansion offered in the connection, the expansion of your glorious new creation. And there is value in the separation. It is our promise to you that in your separation from our energy, you are not susceptible to anything dark, to anything evil or demonic. Those are all human creations. Those are all creations of ego. When you see another acting out in a way that perhaps you discern is evil or wrong. Understand that they are acting out of their own ego and their own disconnection from our energy. But understand that positive always prevails. 
always understand that storms come through and create some destruction, yes. But there is no such thing as eternal destruction. In your physical environment, renewal is promised. And as our promise to you, as you flow through your life experience, moving up and down your virtual vibrational spiral, you can make every moment and every movement one of clarity and one of appreciation, if not joy. You can come to appreciate your lower vibrational register. You can come to appreciate the time that you spend disconnected from us. And in that lower vibrational state, you can teach yourselves to not judge, to not fear, but to simply allow the lower vibrational energy to, to be a period of flow. And the more you appreciate it, and the less you fear it, the more you will find that you are spending less and less time there, that you are in higher vibration much of the time for that is your natural state of being. But due to the polarity of your physical environment, you, you are going to flow out of that from time to time. This is all part of the process of creation. You came here intending to attract a mix of positive and negative things into your lives. For the negative things that you attract can all serve to expand your consciousness. Even if you have attracted some things that you cannot begin to understand how or why you invited them into your life. We are not guiding you to spend a lot of time worrying about that. We are guiding you to find unconditional appreciation for all that you are, all that you have been, and all that you shall be because it is all happening simultaneously. That is why we guide you to detune your negative judgment of any aspect of your past, because any negative judgment that is not detuned keeps that vibration active and can keep unwanted things flowing to you because in the back of your mind, that negative thing that occurred and you're judging of it as bad or wrong or evil even is the very thing that's keeping it alive. We guide you to forgive it all. We guide you to appreciate all that is. And in that zoomed out high vibration of appreciation, feel the joy and clarity of your connection to this energy. We are happy to answer any questions that you have.
You say our attractors are never broken. They simply need a tune-up. What is this tune-up and how does it work? The, the tune-up is, is about being more intentional with your desires and, and, and understanding the creation of, of what you may refer to as your abundance blocks. The things that you want to experience in your life that you are not allowing yourselves to experience the blocks that you have, these blocks very often form uh, from fear around things like money, health, relationships, especially your romantic relationships. You, you find yourselves longing for something and, and even feeling the need for it. Yet you come to understand that that vibration of need is the very thing that's chasing it away. We are guiding you to understand that the universe is not a judgmental entity. The universe only responds with yes to all vibration. And in that responding of yes is delivering a mix of circumstances for all creation. Storms, illness, poverty, war, all of these things are lower vibrational manifestations that can and ultimately inspire a high vibration solution, inspire expansion, inspire new creation. And the, the, the idea of being broken is, is a human egocentric term the idea of your attractor being broken. And there's, there's some uh, the external aspect that is causing you not to be able to attract that which you desire. We understand your desire not to fully take ownership at face value of these things. But once you do, once you come to understand that it is all your creation, you then claim your power to transform it. So the, the retuning and detuning of your vibration is your work. And the, 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 the positive aspect of that is that you all hold the power to transform yourselves in any way that you see fit. Great. How do we project our consciousness to manifest our desires using those tools and what is the true nature of intentional manifestation under these guidelines you possess the ability to 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 hone in on any thing even things that do not yet exist in your world and, and have them come to full physical manifestation however the, 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 the tripping point that many of you encounter is holding that vibration through your natural vibrational flow. When your vibration is high, it is, it is quite easy for you to believe and trust. But when your vibration drops, the belief is not so easy. But it is our promise to you that, that, that you can establish a set of tools with clarity and allow yourselves to trust even when your vibration is, is, is lower than neutral, even when you are down in negative emotion, 
you can make that lower vibrational experience one of faith, one of trust. And when you are trusting and you are not placing your hands in, in, in your creative clay in that lower vibrational field, and instead trusting and appreciating the process, allowing you, your vibration to, to, to go back up above neutral and connect with our energy, your intentions come to be. But we also guide you not to be so intentional that you are trying to micromanage every aspect of your reality because the universe has a way of delivering things to you that are beyond your imagination when you so allow. And when you zoom out to the high perspective of simply desiring joy and an excellent health and, and joyous experiences and in serendipitous moments and interacting with other beings that are your vibrational match, you can be that general with your intention and step out of the way of the universe and, and allow a, a magnificent life experience to manifest in your paths. But you can also be more intentional with specific things, but the more specific you are, the, the, the more you start to look for those specifics and the more you are liable to allow the vibration to drop when things are not manifesting exactly as you set forth. And, and, and that very often causes you to, to be on the cusp of, of allowing something to flow right into your lives only to have it vanish because you become a little impatient with the time frame, or you become a little weary of the process or you see a twist and a turn or a turn occurring and you do not understand that those twists and turns are actually creating a more perfect version of whatever creation you, you, you are allowing. Awesome. What information would you have for our listeners today around the situation that we find ourselves in the world? The state of your world is, is always in flux and in, in, in time is, is continually speeding up though what you have creative created collectively as a human consciousness is, is a quickening of, of energy. Certainly. And, and you have created this via your technology you have spent the last half decade, if you will, creating this massive expansion in technology that allows you to come together and, and, and find your tribe, if you will, and, and, and share ideas globally. And in your sharing of these ideas, you have expanded your, your, your collective consciousness. In expanding the collective consciousness, you have all come to understand your eternal state of consciousness on a higher level than has been allowed across humanity in the past. So now you are finding yourselves marching toward a physical version of your non-physical state of being, meaning you have created a pandemic that has sent you into a virtual reality that you spent years crafting in preparation for it. And, and now you find yourselves communing with others all over your planet, sharing ideas, questioning things, understanding that you are the creators of your reality like never before, questioning your needs for laws and rules and, and the structures of, of society building. And in your questioning these things, you're causing their, their destruction. They are not necessarily going to be destroyed overnight, but notice how your institutions of control are fracturing. Your, your governments, your religion, you, you, even police departments, the monarchy, 
it is all coming into question and is all fracturing. It is not regarded in none of it as it once was. You are creating this and you're questioning of it. And you're questioning of it. You are all coming coming to understand that your nature is that of freedom and joy. Your nature is, is that of not being told what to do and how to live and how to behave. You can figure that out on your own. So when you're not needing of these tools of control, you are destroying them. And in your destruction of them, those of you that understand what is going on are, are, are moving to higher vibrational territory, creating what you may call an awakening experience in your lives, seeing more clearly perhaps than ever, and are joyous in, in this transformation because you understand what it's leading to. It's not leading to utopia, but it's absolutely leading to humanity understanding their eternal nature like never before. But you're not all here on the same journey. There are many who are choosing not to, to experience what you might call awakening. There are many who are very activated by fear and motivated by fear. And, and you see the, the aspects of that playing out. But as I promise to you, your bubble of reality is your creation. So what you pay attention to is, is going to, to flavor your bubble of reality. So if you pay attention to love and light and appreciation and forgiveness and love of self, quieting your mind enough to allow your own natural connection to, to, to this to flow to you, you all have this. This is not unique to David, though his ability to share it is. But the information, the love, the guidance, the clarity is available to all of you. And as our promise to you, if you have found your path to these words and this sharing and this interaction on this broadcast, it is by no accident. It's because you have a curiosity, you have a knowing. And even if these words are a bit challenging for you, that challenge is going to cause you to go deeper into your own mind and discern your own preferences. And we are always guiding you toward that. We are guiding you toward that above and beyond what David is offering here. Allow this to be the spark of your imagination. Allow this to be a turning point if you feel you need one. But understand the, the, the answers can be explored externally, but ultimately they're all internal answers. You discern your preferences for you. And our promise to you in all of this is that regardless of what you do, there is no getting this wrong. There, there is no messing up as a human experience. It is our promise to you when you return to your completed state of being, your eternal state of being, that you will look back upon your lifetime experience and understand the expansion that you received, the, the, the um, amazing journey that you created vibrationally for yourselves. And in doing so, expanded your consciousness and thus contributed to the expansion of our consciousness. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that message. With much love. That is what we have. David, thank you for channeling that message. <clears throat> That was beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. <clears throat>
you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with our audience? It's been good being here. Uh, I appreciate you allowing me to, to go in depth, uh, <laughs> explaining all the things that I did. Uh, th- there's, there's a lot of this that um, when you first hear it, maybe it's a little confusing, maybe it's a little much, uh, but I don't know how to limit it. <laughs> I get on with somebody like you that loves it and absorbs it and the interaction is so great that it just kind of all flows out. Uh, but you can, uh, you can find more at thestreamofdavid.com if you want to learn more about the stream and, and Taya, it's all there, thestreamofdavid.com. I appreciate so much you having me on. I'm always a little dazed and confused after I channel, so I can't wait to hear this uh, episode when it airs and, and see what was shared. It was great. It was a great channel. Yeah, all about um, appreciation, polarity, abundance, expanding consciousness. Good stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, the thing that I remember from it at all is this, 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 there is nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear. We have to sometimes remind ourselves of that. There's nothing to fear. Yes. That's, that's the overriding message. It's, it's all good stuff. Whatever twist and turn is being presented is all good stuff. That's a great ending spot. There is nothing to fear. I agree. How can everyone reach you, David? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the website is the best place, thestreamofdavid.com, and there's access to all sorts of stuff, um, all sorts of teachings and, and groups and, <laughs> and things like that uh, from there. But that is the best. That's kind of the home base for everything. Wonderful. Thank you so much, David, for joining me today. Thank you, Liz. It was great being here. Thanks. And check him out at his website and look for me on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and on my website, Liz's Healing Touch. And this is Liz Peterson on Raise the Vibe with Liz. And thanks for joining me today, everybody. Remember to get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you for listening to today's show on Raise the Vibe with Liz. If you like this content and want to support me, please go to Patreon at Raise the Vibe with Liz or click the link in the description of this show. And remember, change starts with you. So get out there and raise the vibe. Thank you, everyone.